Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today at the Next Level Brands Podcast. Our podcast today is brought to you by Next Level Brands CPG Community, a merger of the experience of Next Level Marketing and the educational resources of Kitchen to Shelf. The Next Level Brands community brings together CPG entrepreneurs at all stages of growth. We provide knowledge, training, courses, and networking, not only with fellow entrepreneurs, but also key partners in the industry, including packaging, finance, and e-commerce. More details available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's. Nextlevelbrands.com, what you need to know to grow. Hi, I'm Steve Clear, and we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about branding. We're going to talk about what brands are, what they aren't and how you can make yours work better. Joining us today is Ernie Harker of EarnBurn. EarnBurn, more about that in a minute. Ernie has spent a career in marketing and advertising, including as executive director of marketing at Mavericks, which if you live in or have driven through the Intermountain West and Northwest, you are no doubt familiar with. Ernie is also the author of Your Brand Sucks, a volume about the cuddling and nurturing of underperforming brands and singing Kumbaya. Well, well not actually. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ernie. Hey, thanks so much. I love the intro. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mean to give you, I didn't mean to you a hard time, but, but uh, you know, it's just, I, I, you know, that, that, that's in your face. I mean, it's, it's, it you know, it's what, it's what we want to say to our clients many times and, and we don't or can't, but yeah. Yeah. It's it, giving, getting a title like that gives me permission to kind of get attention first. And right. if we don't get attention, like in branding in general, if you don't get attention, you have nothing. It, it, right. You, right. You have to have, you have to have that, 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 that focus from the outside and, 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 you know, roll with it. But yep. one of the things that, you know, I, to, to kind of get us started with this is let's go back to brand for a minute. Okay. You um, bet. I, I think with, um, you know, our audience is a lot of entrepreneurs out there who may think they have a brand. I mean, they may have a product, but not a brand. They may have a business, but not a brand, you know, whatever. Let's talk about the concept yeah. of branding. What, how do you define a brand? Well, brand is, I, the way I define it is the personality that's of the company or the product. Most often, it's the company. So the personality that the company manifested in what it does, how, it's, you know, how it speaks, right. what it feels like. And that comes across in like packaging. It comes across in advertising and marketing, comes across in website de design, um, social media platforms and stuff like that. So th it's, it's, the, it's the personality, but it's a very, it can be intentional and designed, which is what I try to help people do, which is what you do. You try to help people develop a brand that's very intentional, or it could be something that's like a byproduct of just going to business you know, you've got to have packaging, you've got to have a website, you've got to have, you know, marketing materials. And when it's not intentional, it's definitely not very sharp. It's not very, um, oftentimes it's not very cohesive and, and owners of those types of brands are often frustrated with the lack of clarity and vision and, um, and strength. So that's, that's my, that's my inversion. Yep. For sure. And it's, it's, it's one of the things that I, I, I think we, um, it's a word we throw around a lot, <clears throat> but don't necessarily think a whole lot about every day unless you're in yeah. the business and that's what you're doing. But when a person is, or, you know, a, a team of people has a product out there, uh, mm -hmm. generally the, the, the naming or whatever that tends to come from the application of the product or the service. 
Yes. You know, it's Molly made or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but the, I don't think a lot of people start out with this idea of, okay, so where can, if, if you have Julie's green drink, uh-huh. boy, your, your brand <laughs> is pretty much going to be, you know, it's locked green, in, isn't it? It's, it's confining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and God forbid that you're going to do something with beats because it, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not going to work out. Um, but, but how, how do, how do you, I mean, when you look at it, where do you think most like companies don't, don't get the branding or where's the classic mistakes that they make? I think the classic mistake most people make is they, they start branding as a design exercise. So what they'll do, and this is, my experience has been this way for a long time. And that's, you talk to somebody who wants to develop a brand and what they're really asking for is a logo, a logo and right. like a corporate identity. Right. And yeah. so they'll start with a logo and some corporate identity. Like, Hey, we got this new product called green machine and that's our new brand. And we need a logo and, and designers who are excited about the work will go. Absolutely. Let's start working on a logo for you. <laughs> In the meantime, they're thinking the company is thinking, Oh, I'm developing a brand. In reality, they're developing a logo for a product. Um, right. They haven't thought beyond that. And so, um, and that the decisions, the creative decisions that the company uses or the basis for those creative decisions is personal preference, not a cohesive strategy. So, for example, the owner of a small business who makes green machine, you know, or green uh was it Jill's green drink or something? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yep. It's, it's Jill's green drink. So Jill's going, well, what's my favorite color? What's my favorite, um, you know, what, what are my brand or uh, design preferences? Do I like wavy lines? Do I like circles? Do I like squares and hard edges or angles and stuff like that? What fonts do I like? And so um, what, what, what tone, what personality tone is in the language of my marketing and advertising? So those things are, are often developed from a personal preference versus a strategy. What do I want my customer to think and feel about my product? And then what tools, what I mean by tools is uh, colors, textures, patterns, images, language, tone, vocabulary. What tools do I use to convey that desired result? What, it's like I'm fishing for something. Well, I've got to use the right bait to get the right result. So the brand strategy, when it's clearly defined, helps you make those dis- creative decisions versus making creative decisions based on personal preference. Yeah. And that particularly with founders, right? Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurial people in general who have opinions and usually strong opinions about their product yeah. or service or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. even comes into play. It's like, I, I, I want purple. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure what purple has to be. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing as opposed to, Hey, let's, let's look at this or even better. Let's look at our target audience. Let's oh yeah, look at our personas. What do our personas want to see? Not what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. Here or there, uh, I'm way out of the target market anyway, probably. But it, it's the, the point is, is that you're you're trying to you're trying to develop a concept um, that you know basically will ring true in somebody else's eyes and head. Not yeah, you, right. Yeah, or or and your I, families or your friends. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're you're kind of a you're, um, and, and unfortunately, oftentimes that audience is ac- actually an echo chamber of people that share <laughs> your beliefs or that want to support whatever it is that you're saying versus right. like, what does my customer really care about? And, so the- and one of the things I see too is like, people will go, 
in these creative meetings where they're developing advertising and marketing messages, maybe even it's product features and benefits. And someone's going to say, oh, you know what? My mom wouldn't like that. And so, oh, okay, we, wouldn't, we don't want to offend anybody. And the bottom line really is, if your mom doesn't like it and she's not your target customer, then it's not, we shouldn't really put a lot of uh, weight into what mom says. In fact, um, I remember working for, uh, when I was working for Maverick um, and building their brand, Maverick is a uh, convenience store chain located in the mountain west of the United States. There's about, they have over 300 stores um, or 300 locations. And they have this very, very aggressive outdoor um, adventure brand. Yes. And it's very appealing to a younger, kind of an edgier uh, uh, persona. Well, when, when I did hear the, uh, the feedback from an executive one time that this ad would be offensive to my mother and would I feel comfortable presenting it to my mother? And so my response to that was like, unfortunately... I don't care what your mom thinks because if mom loves it, my target audience of 18 to 25 year old kids, they will right. hate it. If mom likes it, they're not going to like it. It's, a, it's like this polar opposite. So if you're trying to please everybody, you don't please anybody. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You have to stay on target and you have to remember yep. that, you know, because there's um, there, there's that aspect of course of, of, and, and again, this sort of bringing in personal biases and whatever else into into trying to 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 create a brand or or drive a brand. And then there's you know like the the, the words that strike fear in the hearts of every agency person, which is when the client goes, "Well, I have a cousin who does web design." Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, right, uh, uh, right. You know, it's like <laughs> I, it's, I can't, I, I can't, you know, go there. So uh, totally. Let's, let's go back to Maverick since you you brought up a little bit, yeah, and, and talk about kind of what it, what an adventure that was. And oh, yeah. The before, during and, and results. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thanks. It's a really fun story. Um, it's kind of where I cut my teeth on branding uh, in, in actual brand strategy. Before that, I was just so I started my company in 1995, just a small company. Uh, I was an illustrator doing um, comprehensive illustrations, storyboards, mock-ups and things like that for right. really great creative directors that needed to visualize their ads and ideas to present those to their clients. And so they would use me as a, as a person who could quickly um, create illustrations to represent those ideas. Well, my company grew and grew and grew little by little until uh, in, in 2001, I was introduced to Maverick. And Maverick was a convenience store that had about 170 stores at the time. And they were very, very well known as a cowboy Western brand. It was a very, very clearly defined brand. Right. Um, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. In fact, they called him the Maverick man. He had a Stetson hat. He had a mustache. He was saving the day with uh, big time values. He had, I mean, it was, it was all cowboy West. And um, they even had uh, the customer was personified as Penny, a young woman that would always be rescued by the Maverick man. And uh, <laughs> So their, their colors were orange and brown. Uh, everything about the brand was this very cowboy Western look and feel. Well, the third generation own, owners took over. So grandson, Mike and Brad Paul took over. And uh, my, Brad hated the whole cowboy theme. In fact, which, what's really ironic, he was raised in Afton, Wyoming. If there's not 
if there's not a heart of cowboy other than Texas, yeah. it would be after Wyoming. Right. So, uh, but he did not like, he felt that the uh, cowboy Western theme had kind of run its course and he was looking for something a little more energetic. And so, and it, and it was true. The, the, uh, the audience or the customer was looking at this old rundown Western brand. And um, there was some serious concern about new young hip uh, brands coming in and competing with this yeah. very established cowboy Western brand. Yeah. And so they said, now's the time for us to rebrand, but our DNA, our blood is cowboy Western. And so how do we get away from that? And it was a real challenge because the name itself was Maverick and it came from James Garner's old cowboy Western series, TV yeah. series, the, you know, the Maverick, right? Yeah. So what we, we did is we just, we decided we, we needed to find out the heart of the brand. And was it really Cowboy Western or was it something else? And so we, we interviewed the employees. We interviewed the executive team. We interviewed a bunch of different people. Then we went out and interviewed customers. And what we actually found out is that um, the company itself, they valued independence, this kind of like thumb your nose at conventional wisdom and forget about what everybody else is doing and do your own thing, which is very maverick in itself. So the, their DNA wasn't about cowboy Western. It was about independence. It's that this, this independent spirit. And then another thing we, we learned is that uh, customers really, really loved going to convenience stores when they were on their way to their favorite adventures. And in the Mountain West, there's lots of things to do. There's you know, there's hiking and climbing and kayaking and canoeing and water sports yeah. and yep. mountain sports. And there's just a gazillion things to do. And people love the, the um, ritual of going to a convenience store, filling up their car with fuel, and then going in and buying their favorite goodies and snacks and drinks and beer or whatever it is that, uh, that they would use on their adventure. And so what I got back to my team and we're trying to, to brainstorm, like, we love this independent spirit. We need to make sure we're true to the roots and the DNA of this company. Right. But we also have this opportunity to express that in a way that will appeal to these, this, these adventure enthusiasts. So one of the guys said, well, what if, what if we created a, an image, a look and feel to this company and, that was all about like adventure? This is where your adventure starts. And so one of the guys said, what, what if we called it Maverick Adventures First Stop? And if we called it Maverick Adventures First Stop, we could um, create a visual theme for uh, an adventure setting. Adven ad adventure. Right. With all the toys in the back of the truck. The, 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 the lens yeah. through which we made a whole bunch of marketing and advertising design decisions. Not just our advertising and marketing decisions, but also interior design for all of our locations. Right. Exterior design. So that the outside of the stores ends up looking like, like uh, outdoor uh, you know, chalets, like ski chalets or mountain lodges versus a Western style saloon. So you know, with a bunch of stores to, to, uh, to retroactively yeah. re-theme, it yeah. was a big, it's a big undertaking. So what we just did is we, we uh, looked at everything, um, the budget. We looked at the stores that needed it the most. And we created a plan to execute this new brand refresh across all the stores over three to five years. So okay. it was doable. It wasn't like, you know, some people ask me, well, do I need to do it to everything all at once? That's just impossible. 
And you're right, it is impossible unless you have this huge influx of cash um, and it, like an investor or something like that. Right. Just plan of. it out and do little things that you can when you can. And when you make, when you make corrections, like, uh, uh, okay, like repackaging. People repackage stuff frequently. Well, execute the new package after you get out of the inventory that you currently have. You right. don't have to throw everything away. Just <laughs> make step the right step. Yeah, and then you eventually float. you'll make enough steps to make it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll flow through. Yeah. It'll, it'll work. Yeah. You can do that. That, yeah. that's really, so that was the adventure brand. That was a lot of fun. And then, and then in this rollout process, Ernie, you had a chance to, of course, by changing some stores, take a look at the effect of that change. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And measure it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so one of the things that we noticed is that uh, the stores Hold on, there's a helicopter coming. I hope that's not coming to pick me up. <laughs> no, hopefully not. <laughs> Air Force One, no. No. Did you hear that? Okay. No, actually, okay. I, no, okay, so, I don't have it, but. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So anyway, so the results of this MAB rebrand, one of the things that we have access to, data we have access to, are the total number of gallons sold in the states we sell fuel. I right. say we as if I was still at Maverick. It's, it's, hard. it's a yeah. force of habit. Yep. But um, so um, y- there's also the, uh, the number of vehicles sold or used that's available for each state. And so from the amount of gasoline gallons sold and the number of cars sold, you can get an average for how many gallons of gas per, ga- for, per vehicle. Mm-hmm. So then you go, okay, how many gallons of gas does Maverick sell? <laughs> now that from that, you can get a sense of, are we... Are we uh, selling an appropriate portion right. of market share? What's, right. What's our share of gallonage? Exactly. Yeah. So we have at Maverick. I think we had at the time when I was looking at this, twenty percent of the of the retail locations for fuel. So twenty percent of all fuel locations were Maverick stores in the markets we we served the the, the major markets we served. Yeah. Um, but we had twenty five percent of the fuel sales. That is a, that's a huge amount. That's another, you know, 25% more oh, yeah. right. than we should be having. Now, is it because our, the fuel we sold was special? Well, we know that's not the case. In fact, we weren't selling first tier fuel like, you know, Chevron and the, with the additives and the clean detergents and stuff like that. It was, it was self-branded fuel. It was Maverick fuel. It wasn't Chevron or Sinclair or, right. you know, it's, it was, it was called Maverick fuel. So. So the, the brand, and then, so the, there were two things, the brand that made us different. And it made, it made people feel different when they walk in the store. And the second thing is we developed an amazing food service program that was inspired by the uh, brand and it was called Bonfire Grill. A guy, a guy named Rich Green led that effort and he was a genius, right. yep. a, a culinary genius. So but uh, that's what you, we can measure those things. But it, other than that, it's very, very difficult to measure the efficacy of brand development other than in customer sentiment, because so many things that change during the, uh, in, the, in the course of a year. Weather has a huge effect in convenience store business. If it's yeah. sunny, you sell a whole bunch of soft drinks. If it's super cold, you sell coffee, you know, and hot drinks. <laughs> so weather drives a lot of business. Yeah. You can, you can big, big differences in that. And then, and yeah. Then, so are, are people coming in to the store from the pump 
or yeah. is it just too nasty and they're just going to jump back in the truck and go? Exactly. You, know, kind of you got it. You got it. Um, so from, from, from Maverick, you went uh, kind of back out on your own. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so was it to, you know, do new things? Was it just, Hey, you know, I think my mission's accomplished here. I need to move on. What, what took you back yeah. out into the, the world of entrepreneur? Um, entrepreneurship. So after 10 years of working for myself, so let's see, 95 to 2000, well, 15 years of working, working my own business, I got an opportunity to work for Maverick as their in-house uh, executive director of marketing, where I was, what, and what was fun about that, I got to tell you, as an entrepreneur for 15 years, and then working for one client for eight years, I was now, <laughs> I, like, I was the mechanic that was working on the Formula One race car for 15 years. And then I got to be the driver and oh my gosh, how fun that was of just like, you know, all in, I was able to tweak the things and then drive it and tweak the things and then drive it. And then to see what kind of, of effect the, uh, the tweaks of brand could, could have on the overall um, brand impression. And so after eight years, um, I felt like I was babysitting a brand and not, creating one. And I found that that wasn't as exciting for me. I didn't have the same right. passion yeah. for it. Yeah. I, I, you get it. You totally get it. Yep. So um, the last five years of working at Maverick, they, uh, I, I was invited to be part of the National Association of Convenience Stores um, uh, board on yep. their board of uh, yep. content. Yeah. It's called NAX. Yep. yep. The NAX Educational Content Committee and where I was a branding or marketing guy. And so I was invited to speak and uh, several times and the, the things I talked about were well received and got lots of good feedback on it. And I realized that what I had, the, the process I had used intuitively in developing Maverick's brand uh, was, wasn't being utilized elsewhere. And I'd hear other people speaking at other conferences talking about how important brand development was, but what? no one explained how, well, how do you build one? So there's all these frustrated people saying, okay, yes, you've, you've pointed at Nike and Apple and Starbucks and all these great brands, but you're leaving me hungry to know how to do that. Right. And so yeah. I decided, let me see if I can reverse engineer the process. And so I spent four miserable years working on a book. By the way, if anybody's written a book, hats <laughs> off to you because it was hard, super, super hard for me. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I finally finished this book. Um, it's called, like you said, uh, your brand sucks. Um, but it really outlines the step-by-step process that organizations can follow to build a brand that is authentic to their DNA and remarkable in a way that gets attention and then consistent with the, the, the feelings that they want their customers to have that will reinforce their overall image. Cause really all those things are tied together. Um, and so really, it's the uh, step-by-step process that most organizations lack, and they kind of fall into developing marketing plans or uh, advertising plans, but without really considering the brand overall, the impact that those things have in the brand. And, and where, Ernie, do you think that you know, companies should really start addressing the quote-unquote brand development? That's a great question. The, I start, start step one with everybody I consult with. And so I, I consult with retail organizations like convenience stores, because I have a lot of experience there, but I've done like uh, automobile dealerships, uh, 
dentists, <laughs> um, just all kinds. But the first step is always to identify what it is that makes you special, your organization special. Um, what is your spark? I call it the spark. Because if, if you don't know what makes you different, and it's, if some people say, oh, it's our people. Oh, you know, we are true partners. Or they might say things like, uh, we truly care about our customers. Okay. Now, the, the challenge with those initial reactions is that they are not that different. Because the reason I say that is that if you were to ask a competitor, yeah, hey, um, do you really care about your customers? Oh, we, we love our customers. Oh, crap. So do yep. these guys. Well, it's not that. And if it's our people, unfortunately, if it's people, people change jobs. And if you lose people to a competitor, then, then people becomes their best, you know, your competitor's uh, unique point of difference. Yeah. Now, there are cases where businesses have people as their, um, their biggest point of difference. Like, for example, if you've ever been to a Four Seasons hotel yeah. or something like that, it's not their people, it's how they train their people that right. make the difference. So it's not really the people because you can take anybody with good aptitude and you can train them really, really well. And then they become fantastic assets to your organization. But that's training, not necessarily people. So really my, my special skill is to help discover that unique difference in a company. And I found two different ways to do that. The first is to kind of discover it that it, an element that already exists in the business. So for example, stinker stores. I think I, I th talked to you about stinker stores. Yep. Stinker is a company that's uh, is a convenience store up in Idaho. Yep. Idaho, uh, Boise, Idaho. And they had a founder. So this is the discovery process. And I'm gonna give you an example of stinker stores and how they used the process of discovery to find their brand spark, their uniqueness. And they had a, a founder that was like a scrappy individual who was, he was really rebellious. He did not like to play by the rules of the big boys. And this is in the 1940s. Okay. So 1940s when it was really literally the wild west of, uh, of business, you could get away with pretty much anything such as tinting the color of your fuel to make it look like it was more expensive. And those were the days when you, when you pumped fuel, into a clear cylinder mm -hmm. that was marked by the volume, like how many gallons. So customers could see the, the clear cylinder and evaluate the quality of the gas based on the color. And then gravity would pull the gas into your vehicle. Yeah. Well, those were the days when this guy, uh, the, the founder of Stinker Stores, would be like, well, hey, if I want to make people think that I've got better quality gas, I can just tint it, right? Well, his competitors called him, oh, that guy's a stinker. And so he embraced his, he embraced that whole attitude. And he even, yeah. he got a skunk mascot and he, he created a skunk logo <laughs> and everything was about this, this cheeky yeah. um, skunk with moxie, right? Yep. yep. Well, over the years, this is in the 1940s, over the years, uh, at different owners and different people, the, the, the moxie personality of the skunk dissolved, was buried in layers of new initiatives, new programs, new whatever. And so like about two years ago, a year ago, I got asked to, uh, to help them rediscover their brand. 
Yeah. And the only thing that was stinker to them was the name and the skunk logo. Other than that, there was, n- there was nothing about the personality of the brand that was still, that still existed. And so I did a bunch of interviewing and discovery process. And I, re- I realized that one of the things that people loved about Stinker was this little, the skunk with moxie. Yeah. And it was really important to, to clean that off, to polish it up and celebrate that unique difference rather than try to bury it or hide it. Where most people would go, oh my gosh, a, uh, a convenience, store, any kind of a brand with a skunk yeah. as a mascot, we should get rid of that. We should put <laughs> him, you know, let him out into the wild, right? No, no, we're no. going to do, you know, do skunk as hero. That's exactly, what, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, because nobody else, no other competitor could say, you know what? Our special spark is this skunk with moxie that represents the heart of our brand. Okay, that's when you know you found what's unique about your business, your brand spark, when nobody else can claim it. Yeah, so right. Stinker did that. Another way to do that is to create one. Okay, maybe you're a software company and really there's nothing that special about you. Uh, you have a product that does something a little bit different. You can create something that's very different, something that you're passionate about. Like there's restaurants and there's companies that make golf, you know, their unique special difference, like uh, Top Stop Golf. Yeah. It has a whole restaurant theme about golf. Now, that's what makes that restaurant or that activity special. So you can either find it, discover it, or you can create a brand spark. But when you create it, you've got to be true to it. You've got to be all in. So that every touch point is like dipped in, saturated in, marinated in that brand uh, uniqueness. Yeah. And, and so that's and, step one. Go ahead. Sorry. Step two. So that was that's step one. That was step yeah. one. Step two is to is to define your customer. And that that customer is the is the the population that cares most about that um, brand spark, the, your product and what makes you different. And they're willing to spend the money on it. They're willing to to uh, invest in that. Step three is to, um, to realize your core belief. And what I mean by core belief is, is not a religious belief, but what do you believe about your company's role in your industry that makes yeah. it important for you to serve it? Because if you don't have a real belief in, in your organization's purpose, this is your why. Simon Sinek calls it your why. Your why, yeah. Um, that influences the tone and language and personality of your brand. So if you know your why or you know what your core belief is, you know who your customers are and you know what makes you special, the fourth ingredient is in the fourth step is to, is to curate five or six adjectives that describe your company in a way that another company, of, a competitor of yours can't use. So at least, at least yeah. two of those adjectives cannot be used to describe your competitors. Because if, if you use the same adjectives to describe your company that you can use to describe your competitor, then what? Right. We, we don't have a differentiation. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. There, so those there, four it, steps allow you to create now a, or curate a brand look and feel that is different, authentic, remarkable, interesting, compelling, um, and memorable. And, and that's what we, we want to be. It, we want to become that. We want to become iconic after that. That's what we yes. get to that. There's a, there's a, a great story that uh, my wife often uses in our workshops and stuff with people about um, Herb Kelleher, the, uh, the late uh, chairman of Southwest Airlines. And uh-huh. he had one of his marketing guys came to him one day and said, hey, you know, we got to do something with, we want to do some little packaged salads or some other stuff because we're really getting a lot of feedback about 
you know, not having food on the plane. The right. stuff aren't enough in the set, blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and, and Herb asked him, you know, John, you know, what is Southwest Airlines? He goes, well, it's the low cost airline. He goes, great. Mm-hmm. How does serving salads help Southwest become the low cost airline? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was like, it doesn't. He goes, right. So we're not doing it. You know, it's like, you know, oh. like people can buy food and take it on the plane. That's not the business yeah. we're in. We are the low cost leader and we're going to get you from here to there. The whole thing when, you know, when, when, the, when the major airlines and Southwest is a major on, when the yeah. old, you know, uh, airlines came out with extra baggage fees, I was mm-hmm. like, how can you play into your biggest competitor's pocket? Oh, I mean, yeah. that must have been a gift when Delta said, oh, yeah, your bag's now going to cost, you know, whatever, 50 bucks to fly. Mm-hmm. The guys out Southwest must have been breaking out the beers and just going, I can't <laughs> believe they did this. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. You know, so we can you- put a fare up there that's like, okay, so it's, you know, $102. Oh, plus, 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 plus. Yeah. You know, people are not stupid. So it's like, okay, come on, you know, figure this out. But yes, that's the type of thing of, of uh, you know, of your four-step thing. But in keeping with that measuring, what are we? And, 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 there, and what is the brand? You know? Yeah. And that is, that is exactly why people drift from their brand. Their, their eagerness to compete and to do what their competitors are doing versus stick to your program and do your program exceptionally well. Right. It's when you, and when you start going, oh, well, we need to do what they're doing. Well, we need to do what they're doing. Well, now all you're doing is being a, another version of them. Yeah. What, yeah. That, the world doesn't need another version of somebody else. They need you. They need right. your business. Right. And many times, even people that are growing companies out there are not growing something that's unique in the sense of the product or service that they're offering. Right. So it's it's barbecue sauce. So guess what? There's lots of barbecue sauces. Yeah. (laughs) What is it that you're going to do to create a brand so that it's different from Casey Masterpiece or, you know, whatever the next one is that's out there? Um, It's a speaking process. Speaking about, sorry, I, I had to interrupt you. I, I apologize, but but when you're talking about barbecue sauce, like how you you know in your in, in the CPG world, how many different freaking barbecue sauces are there? Right. Well, yep. in the in the water world, there oh, is. Yeah. Think about that, and this is where I have a little bit of experience. So, in the water world, the differences between water brands are measured in the parts per million. <laughs> this is, these are total dissolved solids. So there is a lot more difference between uh, barbecue sauce A, barbecue sauce B, because there's different, lots of ingredients that can go sure. into that, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but the difference in, in brand water A and water B is like nearly imperceptible. You have to have a, a hydrologist to measure it. Now, the, you, there is a fla- there, there can be a very subtle flavor profile and a mouthfeel to water based on the total dissolved solid content. These are the minerals in the water. Right. Well, when you're, when you're competing from one water brand to another brand, water brand, you've got to find something very, very compelling. And I remember working with a water brand uh, while I was working at Maverick and then later after when I left Maverick, a water brand called Seaforce, brand new water uh, company. And uh, they weren't getting the, the, um, the traction that they wanted. Yeah. And uh, after I left Maverick, uh, I reached out to him. I says, look, you, you've got a fantastic potential here. 
their, their advertising and marketing was all about the purity of their water. Because when they first discovered water on this ranch, um, it was found to be exceptionally pure. And uh, so they said, well, let's, let's talk about one of these brand attributes, which is purity. It happens to be one of the owner's uh, priorities. They, they, she, she's very into health and wellness. Right. And so purity is a big deal to her where you know, she made this choice for, for marketing and branding on the, the brand uh, attribute of purity. But, well, they weren't getting enough traction in the marketplace. And so I knew their story. So I went to them and I said, look, let's take a look at your brand attributes. So Navasota, Texas is the source of your water. Is that a brand attribute that is, a, that is brand spark worthy? <laughs> well, if you've ever been to Navasota, Texas, there's nothing refreshing about Navasota. It is a desert in, in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it, was, uh, it was an aquifer, a 10,000-year-old aquifer. Well, okay. it's not nearly as cool as you know, like a spring coming out of Fiji, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tropical paradise. Um, <laughs> it's, it's on Chuck Norris's ranch. So it's Chuck Norris's water. Okay, we found something here that nobody else can claim that might drive interest in an audience that has some familiarity with this brand attribute. So, uh, so I, I'm talking to Gina Norris, who, is, who runs the, the water company. I said, Gina, why didn't you choose Chuck Norris as your brand, you know, your focal point? And she said, well, we're really worried that as he's getting older and as he passes away, we'll lose. Um, and he's, uh. he's older. He's an right. older guy right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, there, there's something timeless about the Chuck Norris of the 80s that everybody loves. This is, this is him and his action hero as um, Lone yeah. Wolf McQuaid, right? Right, right. Then, but then there's an older audience that really loves him as, uh, as a cowboy in uh, Lone, as, as Walker, Texas yeah. Stranger, yeah. right? Stranger, yep. And then you've got these, this younger, even, audience of college students that love the, the Chuck Norris memes. The, you know, when Chuck Norris cuts onions, onions cry. There's right. tons of those, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. he's got a very, very relevant audience. And the idea that they're going to market, this company is going to market with this product on the, and they're leading with purity seems so backwards. Even though it's an it's it's attribute that is true to the company sure. and to the product, it, it just wasn't getting resonance. And so I said, well, we, we should probably make Chuck Norris a bigger part of the brand. I go, absolutely. Let's put on all the, let's put a image of Chuck Norris on all your packaging, on your point of sale, you know, uh, your yeah. uh, display cutouts. Let's have a life-size Chuck Norris cutout that people can get their picture taken next Wait. to. <laughs> right, exactly. And so it's, it's this, um, uh, sometimes working on your own brand is very, very challenging. It's like a dentist working on himself or a surgeon yeah, yeah, working yeah. on himself. It's just, it's just hard. I have, the hard. I have a hard time working on my own brands, my own personal brands. But it's much, much easier to hire a consultant like yourself or myself and, and say, hey, will you take a look at my brand and see where I'm off? And it doesn't have to be off very much to be dull. And you can come in and you can sharpen it. I can come in and I can, we, can, we can really hone it down and figure out, like, how do we make yeah. it more effective? And that's, um, I just, I love the idea of, of uh, sharing a story of, products in, an, in a uh, category that are so similar that there's very, very little no perceptible differences. Yeah. In most companies, there's a lot more difference than in the water industry. And so we should be able to find something that's very, very unique in our brands to celebrate. Yeah.
and go forward with that. Er, Ernie, yeah. let me ask you a couple things. First of all, the book is available on Amazon? Yes, it's available on Amazon. It's also available on uh, Audible. Okay. Um, you get to hear my highly energetic, I think I read it too fast, uh, but still, because I talk really fast, but it's got my energy. It's got my uh, enthusiasm for the subject. Um, it's on Audible. It's on Kindle. So anything that you like to read, it's on there. All that good stuff. And then website, if yep. they want more information about what you're doing. and Easiest place know. to find me is earnburn.com. It's E-R-N-B-U-R-N.com. And the, you can learn about my, uh, you can see the book. You can also find out about my uh, online courses. So I've got a live course and then a packaged course that people can uh, um, learn Excellent. just step by step, go through yep. the process. So yeah, please. Reach out to it. me. I love it. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we'll do that. People take a look and, and anything that anything that starts with your brand sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think deserves a, a reading or a listening, you know, it's going forward. Awesome. Um, awesome. Well, Arnie, one of the, one of the things, and I, we've talked about a bunch, a bunch of stuff and really good information for our audience. Um, one of the things we try to do is to try to get guests to, if they can kind of encapsulate uh, all that or boil it down a little bit into um one word or one phrase, uh, maybe one topic area of the business that with all the people you've worked with and entrepreneurs you worked with, you would want to leave with fellow entrepreneurs. I would say there's two words, be productive. There are so many, and I'll, I'll kind of like go in deeper on that. Yep. There are so many op options for wasting time that, that <laughs> wow. there's so many yeah. gifted people and, and, and I don't mean like the, the, the Michael Phelps of the world as gifted, but like everybody has some special uniqueness that they brought into the world. And it makes me sick, physically sick to see people spending hours and hours and hours wasting their time on, you know, binge watching series yeah. or online yeah. on, on social media and stuff uh -huh. like that. And I think what a gift of life they're kind of pouring into the gutter. Um, right. There's nothing wrong with a little bit here and there. I have no problem with that. No. I just think that this beautiful life that we have, that if we're not being productive, um, we're, we're kind of wasting this gift. Yep. Yeah, for sure. No. And uh, to totally agreed. And uh, uh, it, it's one of those things that the distractions that are available now are so, oh my God, so numerous, right? Yeah. Starting with your phone. Yeah. Right? I mean, just let's just go there. And then it's like, uh, just go from there. And it's like one of the great things is to go put the phone out in the other room, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and leave it there and come in. And, and if you want to yeah. write or you want to paint or whatever it is that you do from a career yeah. standpoint, just get that going. Get that going. Yeah. You know, I love that. You, you said write, paint. You could go pick up trash on a, in a side of a road. You could do anything, right. yeah. literally. Yeah. And, yeah. and all those things are productive. And yeah. I think one of the biggest compliments I get. Is, is never meant to be a, uh, a, a, a compliment. And that is, Ernie, I can never reach you. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I don't want to make myself available to oh, well, everybody sorry. that beckons, you know, right? <laughs> right. <Yeah. You> know? <laughs> yep. That, that happens. Well, Ernie, hey, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, uh, it has been a pleasure. To us today. Uh, I want to continue conversation at some point down the road. And uh, please do also would uh, uh, an opportunity sometime in the, in the, in the future for us to work together. Cause I, yeah. I can see some, I can see some real uh, potential for you bringing some value to uh, uh, to folks out there in, in, in CPG for sure. 
Well, thank you. And thank you for doing your podcast. It's fantastic, buddy. Hey, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a labor of love and, uh, yeah. but it's, it's one of the more fun. Th- I was telling somebody yesterday, actually, I said, you know, when it started out all the stuff, the coordination and getting people together or whatever else was, was a lot of work, but I never knew it was going to be as much fun. Oh my gosh. Out. What a blast. It's gonna what a blast. Out. So we'll, well good for out. you, my man. Okay. Well, thanks again okay. to you. And thanks to all the rest of you out there for joining us today on the next level brands podcast part of the Next Level Brands community. If you have a growing firm in food, beverage, health, and wellness, or even small goods, you should be a part of the Next Level Brands community. Education, resources, workshops, founder coaching, and networking. More information is available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's, nextlevelbrands.com, what you need to know to grow. I'm Steve Clear, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at Next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.